Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to an all-new episode of FewerCast, our film effect weekly entertainment recap podcast, providing you the weekly dose of full effect entertainment news, brought to you, of course, by our film effect point of views. I'm Ed. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Andrew. And as with each and every episode of the show, we're here to break down all the latest news, announcements, and trailer drops from the week. We enjoy shooting this shit together, even when it's just the three of us. So we welcome you into our domain for the next hour or so. That said, I've only got one question to ask. How we doing? How goes it? Do it. Jocelyn, have you been? What's been going on with you since the last time we talked? Uh, nothing much. I've been pretty good. Just put all my Christmas stuff away. That's like the big thing in my house. My kid cried about it because he's always a big Christmas event. go. Yeah. <laughs> um, not really much else. Just getting ready for a couple of things for the kids at school, vacation, and everything coming up. So just getting back to normal from all the holidays, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think I can speak collectively for all of us. I think we're all just, you know, survive. we survived another year of the holiday season, and it's just the holiday hangover, getting ready for oh. the NFL playoffs and whatnot. I mean, I'll tell you what, I say this all the time. My favorite holiday is, of course, Halloween, but Christmas is also up there as, as one of my personal favorites. I just love the feel of the season, and the day after Christmas is like neck and neck with the day after thanks or the day after halloween excuse me as like the most depressing day of the year because like the, the the local radio station that's been playing nine non-stop christmas music since thanksgiving is no longer playing music from christmas like a, yeah like a flip just switches yeah a switch flips yeah you know run I don't that know. back it, yeah <laughs> And it, it, it takes a little while. It takes a little <laughs> getting used to, but it definitely sucks. Because um, it's just, I don't know, something about the holidays. They just come and go, you know. I just I just choose to embellish the, the, the season instead of just the one day, you know. I, I just, I look forward to the entire season of, uh, of the holidays. And then after January 1st, it's all back to normal. Back to work. All the Christmas decorations slowly but surely come down, you know. Go into the 800 days of January. <laughs> Pretty much. It's always what it feels like. Yeah. It's always yeah, that January is certainly like an, an, eh, an elongated month, mm -hmm. no doubt. Well, it's like, there's really nothing to look forward to until, I mean, I guess if you're a big, big fan of Easter, that's the next big holiday, I guess. I don't know. St. Patrick's Day. Well... I don't drink, so what's whatever. I don't drink either. Personally, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I the, the next thing I look forward to after Christmas is the summertime. Just getting ready for like May, the movie summer season to start and everything that just comes with it. Warmer weather and just, I don't know. Because after summertime comes and goes, start to do the cycle all over again. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, like clockwork. Anywho, um, anything else been going on with you, Jocelyn, before we, uh... Nope. Nope, same old, same old. Nothing really new here for me. Gotcha. <laughs> same shit, different day. Yeah, Andrew, I know you've been sick, but other than that, anything else been going on with you? 
Uh, not much. I mean, you know, been sick. Uh, caught up on watching a bunch of YouTube because been kind of falling out of YouTube lately. That's like my entertainment go-to. Yeah. Um, you know, working obviously, but I mean, nothing really huge has happened quite yet. Again, it's that boring time of the year where. You know, Christmas just happened, so all the hustle and bustle is out of the way, so everybody just wants to lie in dormant and refresh for the rest of the year ahead of them. But, um, yeah, I mean, nothing really out of the ordinary, I guess, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but I like to look at it as a good thing for now. <laughs> yeah, um... But, yeah, uh, uh, being sick is crazy. It's weird. I, I didn't get sick for, like, literally five and a half years until this whole COVID thing started coming around, and it's like one of those, do you have COVID, do you don't, uh, or do you not? I don't really care either or. If you're sick, you're sick, but right. I don't know. It's just weird that I haven't dealt with sickness for quite a while, and now all of a sudden I feel like I get sick once a year. So, But at least it happens when I predict it to happen, you know, sometime in either December, January, February, in that winter season. So I guess I'm just going back to the normal, hey, you're sick during the sickness season, so... Yeah, it's usually this time of year for me where I'm just, like, catching random bugs and shit here and there. Um, nothing out of the ordinary, though. You know, a couple colds, a few stomach bugs. I'll be good to go. Gives, gives, uh, gives my immune system something to fight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it builds character. That's, that's right. Uh, you know what? But I, I also want to say, and this has nothing to do with anything important, but while I was sick, I rearranged my little area down here, and now I feel like I got like a command center going. <laughs> I bought another table, so Jesus. I've got you know tables on on tables, and then I've got monitors on monitors. So <laughs> you never have too many tables. But no, um, other than suffering from the holiday hangovers, I've been. Catching up on movies that I missed in 2023, whether it be at home or a couple, a couple nights I went to the theater and, and saw some films. Like uh, me and Justin went and caught Poor Things. Yeah, we talked about that in our best of list and everything, but that was more recently. And uh, playing a lot of Resident Evil 4 in between everything else. I've just been... My God, what a good fucking game it is, isn't it? I'm hooked on Mercenaries, dude. I'm, like, trying to, like, Mercenary get a high score for every level from, like, every character. It's fun. It's addicting. That was my grind. I mean, me and some of my best friends just grinded the fuck out of Mercenaries after we finished Resident Evil 4. Because Resident Evil 4 is such a good game. It's such oh, yeah. a brilliant... It has such brilliant mechanics. I beat it four times. You want I'm kind of tired of playing the game now. Now I've got... Oh my 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 campaign right now! I have the infinite grenade uh, rocket launcher, so I'm just playing through that, just blowing shit up. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil 4 was like one of the earlier games I can remember where I sat down and I just played it over and over and over yeah. again because it was so fun to play. So, and then they got that Glad DLC that, that came out it. separate ways. I played that a couple times. That's also fun. But yeah, other than that, like I said, just catching up on films, Resident Evil playoffs are coming up so all in all outside of work things are good been keeping up with the podcast we've got some episodes coming up so yeah it's been fun anyway let's uh tighten that grip and bring on the drip i may have some breaking news for you elliot all right where to begin let's see here all right as per the hollywood reporter 
David Gordon Green is departing the sequel to The Exorcist Believer as he focuses on his production of The Nutcrackers starring Ben Stiller as well as season 4 of HBO's The Righteous Gemstones. The Exorcist Deceiver was set to hit theaters on April 18th, 2025, but is now unset. Universal has yanked that film from its release schedule, and instead, they're going to use that date to handle the international rollout of Antoine Fuqua's directed Michael Jackson biopic, Michael. So, yeah, this one just broke today, actually, on um, Wednesday afternoon. Um, you know, it's funny, I still have not sat down and watched that Exorcist believer yet i haven't watched it yet either. i bought it but i haven't watched it yet me and mom are waiting for the right time to get down watch together but uh i'm I'm just still keeping an open mind you know everyone's been tearing it apart and naturally because they're used to shitting on david gordon green after his however you feel about the halloween series it just feels like a lot of people and when i say a lot of people i'm i have like 80 percent of the horror fans out there are just not fans it seems of those three movies uh, i have my opinions we've covered all of them individually not to mention i've been on a handful of retrospectives of the halloween franchise where i've talked about them in detail so look them up folks if you want my opinion on the film spoiler alert i'm a huge fan of that last one but no back to the exorcist um haven't seen it so i have i, I don't i can't give an opinion on how I feel, obviously, but it seems like it was just universally hated. Didn't really bring in too much money in the, at the the box office, and so yeah, I mean it's disappointing because right? Universal shelled out four hundred million dollars for the rights from uh, Morgan Creek. So yeah, it's not good. I think the last film pulled in just one hundred and thirty million dollars worldwide. So yeah. I wonder what it is. Like, why nobody was interested in seeing that? I mean, the, right? <laughs> the whole Paranormal Activity franchise and all those ghost films are, like, huge amongst the crowd. So I was surprised it didn't at least get some form of, like, a, a glimpse by the masses. Because I think with the Exorcist franchise is weird in the sense that you got to look back at the initial sequel, The Heretic, and how that turned out. Whether you love it or hate it, I wish Justin was here right now because he's the only person that I know who loves it or even likes it. Um, but no, uh, most people tend to like the third film, um, some people more than the first one. And then there was the uh, the whole debacle 20 years ago with uh, the, the prequel where they had two different filmmakers make two different movies based on the same plot with the same actors. It was weird. The um, Dominion and The Exorcist, the beginning, were the two films. Um, I've only seen the beginning with Ronnie Harlan, or directed by Ronnie Harlan. I haven't seen the uh, Dominican that was directed by uh, Paul Schrader. And anywho, did they sell that as an Exorcist spinoff? They actually Warner Brothers released it separately, like six months after the no, a year after. Um, the Bernie Harlan from film, The Beginning, because that came out in the summer of 2004, and then they quietly quietly released the uh, the other version like sometime in 2005. I can't remember when. So, 
but well it's just weird because like i again I'm, I, well not again but i'm not like a huge exorcist fan i've never really cared about that film franchise i like the first one the first one's really good obviously i think i feel like everybody stands on that ground with me but i i didn't even know that was an exorcist film so i've heard of the film just didn't know it was like in the same realm i guess so yeah but yeah i really can't tell you why it it, it underperformed the way it did because it, it's ah, it's people love exorcist movies and like you said they were churning out for so there's like seven or eight sequels for the paranormal activity films and they all made money for the most part except after like until like the the, the tail end when people stopped coming and that's when they stopped putting them in theaters but with exorcist it's it's a weird thing because it's like the king of exorcism films and it's it's people were really picky or defensive um of that movie rightfully so but again it's hard for me to speak about it because i haven't seen the film so like i said that that just broke today the news on that um what else do we got what else is going on this week all right the hollywood reporter reports that Danny Boyle and Alex Garland are reuniting for 28 years later. A new sequel, which is expected to be shopped to studios, streamers, and other potential buyers in just a few days. 28 days later was followed by 28 weeks later, but Boyle and Garland were the they only were um, involved in the second film as EPs. And this is uh, going to be directed by Boyle, of course, written by Garland who's now going to be the writer of all three films. And the budget is going to be said to be somewhere around $75 million. And that would place the new movie well above... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh! I misread this this entirely. Let me go back. 28 Years Later is going to start a new trilogy. Why are we doing this? Garland's going to write all three of the films with the budget for each said to be somewhere around 75 million. That would make the budget that would place the new movie well above the 8 million dollar budget of the first and the 15 million dollar budget of the second. So I just want to say I you sent that article article earlier and I read it and I'm like, "Wait, why are they doing another trilogy? Y'all didn't even finish the original." <laughs> Yeah, that's what I got from it. I thought it meant like this third movie would make a new trilogy. How about this? Why the fuck does everything have to be a trilogy? Why? Why? I don't even understand. All the money. I don't even understand why they're doing. Because it sounds cool. Because everything comes great and better in threes. Like I don't get it. Like, nah, the second movie sucked. The first movie was a masterpiece. Like that that fucking movie was amazing. I I just Agreed. I stopped caring after the first one. Agreed. You know. I yeah, mean... I agree too. But at the same time, like I feel like filmmakers or producers or whoever the fuck is distributing these movies are trying to bet too much on the bank. Like, what if the first one comes out and it doesn't do well because you know you haven't made one of these movies in like twenty some odd years? Like, I I don't understand why you want to make more than just one like focus on the one then make the others like we, even when they made the halloween trilogy they announced it was a trilogy correct they, they, no it wasn't announced as a trilogy it was announced as a number as just one film and then oh, okay. after perform the way it did they announced the second and third one back to back but here's the thing we literally just got talking get we, we we literally just got done talking about the exorcist films 
three another another trilogy like stop stop this okay i, I don't understand it's like why they're just everything running out of ideas yeah or they're like remaking these old movies that like people just don't care about anymore <laughs> i mean everyone kind of had a feeling that eventually danny boyle was going to make his way back to this franchise anyway so the fact that he's on board for the third movie comes as no surprise to, to be honest but this this just let's let's just take it easy one at a time let's just play it by ear just do one movie just one see how it does okay well, depending on how it's received they might only right, be doing one right because <laughs> you're also you know you're 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 treading very very thin ice because the last film came out what 16 17 years ago 2007 17 years yeah come on we're smarter than this aren't we i would hope <sighs> one in room Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie. Paul Thomas Anderson, one of my all-time favorite directors. If Justin were here, he'd be the same way. Or he'd, he'd have similar feelings. Um, God damn it, these links. They keep on disappearing. It's like a magic trick that I don't want. Alright, so Warner Brothers is producing his next movie that just recently started production it's supposed to be another uh thomas lynchon adaptation this one vineland the last adaptation was inherent vice from, like, from 2015 which i love i love that movie that movie is just so bonkers um I mean, this one's got a pretty big cast leonardo dicaprio sean penn regina hall the film doesn't have an official title. Again, they kind of... He did the same thing with... Uh, um, what was the last movie he did? What was that movie called? Shit. Licorice Pizza. He did the same thing with that movie too. He started filming. And then... Kind of like... In the middle of production. That's when like the, the press junkie came out. About the new movie. But... I don't know. Like I said... Uh, it's one of those things where I gotta. I, it's it's kind of hard to talk about when it's just you know details are scarce. It's just been like like I said, evidently production started quietly last week, and it's rumored to be like I said another adaptation from Thomas Lynchon. Um, yeah, Warner Brothers here here. Speaking of Warner Brothers, a partnership with Tom Cruise. That's pretty big. We can talk about that. Did you guys hear about oh, that? Oh yes, one? yes, yes, yes. I mean, Tom Cruise is like fucking Thanos out there, like catching all these Infinity Stones from different companies. He's now he's got he's got deals with Paramount, he's got deals with Universal, he's got deals with Warner Brothers now. What's next? You got Sony. What what's left out there? Sony, A twenty four, fucking Disney. He has options. I don't know. I mean it. it how big of the contract that he signed? Like, is there even a contractual obligation involved? It is. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they that they discussed finances. Yeah, I don't see anything about figures or nothing like that. It's just uh, 
he he ain't just the him deal. working together with them. Yeah, he ain't the deal. On on a, on Discovery. Arm dude. His production company is setting up shop in Burbank. Yeah. No, no. Uh, okay, here we go. In court, according to the insiders, the arrangement, which kicks into uh, kicks into effect this year, is not a first look deal. In other words, Cruz will continue working with other studios on various projects, including Paramount, where his action-packed Mission Impossible franchise lives. So yeah, I mean, it's like a monopoly. It's 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 just he wants all of his films to like be, you know, he he wants all the 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 bigger all the top-notch companies, you know, releasing his stuff. Because he wants more control over the films he does. Because you gotta remember, you know, Tom Cruise is not getting any younger. And I feel like all he puts out these days are just franchise movies, or he doesn't really do original projects that much. Not to mention, the number of his movies, period, are, are really scarce. He only does, like, one movie every two to three years. Did you ever stop to think about that? Like, the days of him doing, like, two to three films a year are gone, you know? They've been gone for a little while. Goodbye, but 90s, the end of, you know? <laughs> at, at the end of the day, I mean, when you go to see a Tom Cruise film, it might be Mission Impossible or whatever have you. You're going to see Tom Cruise. You're not going to see it because it's a fucking Mission Impossible film. So, if you want to make as much funds and have as much control over those films because you know it's your bread and butter, I don't blame him for it. If you're going to be in a movie and people are going to see that movie because you are in it, you should have complete creative control. You should have some form of funding in it. So, I, I mean, I don't blame him for making the power play at all. That seems like a smart choice, especially as a guy who is certainly not what you would define as young. No, he's really smart. You know, he, he's doing it. He's doing everything right. All the right moves. Just like the movie. Alright. Let's get a little alarm sound bite going. Let's do a little alarm sound bite. There we go. We have a release date shuffle to announce. Release date shuffle. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Originally stated to come out on March 29th. Will now be released one week earlier. March 22nd. Taking its original spot now is Godzilla and Kong, the new empire, moving up from its April, I believe 12th was the release date for that movie. It's getting bumped up two weeks. Jesus, how many like Kong and Godzilla movies are they going to come out with? Well, this uh, is the, didn't they just put a Godzilla film out? This is the monster version. Yeah, that's variety. what I'm saying. Didn't they just put a, a Godzilla movie out? It's confusing because there's two. No, it. To, well, that's God, from Toho. God, stop, the other stop. one is too many people talking. Godzilla. I'm trying to explain why. And um, there's two separate rights holders to the Godzilla property. In America, it's Warner Brothers. And they have their whole monster verse with King Kong, Godzilla. Now there's that Monarch series on Apple Plus. And over in Japan, their company, Toho, has the rights. Toho put out the original 1954, I believe was the year, King Kong, or uh, Godzilla, excuse me. And they never lost the rights. Those rights have always been with Toho. They just, you know, sub-license out to the other companies, hence... Warner Brothers with with these movies. I don't know how many films they have a contract for, but while America, you know, is doing this with Warner Brothers, 
over in Japan, they're still doing their Toho Legacy, and that's why this year we got Godzilla Minus One. The last one prior to that was, I think, 2016 Shin Godzilla. And they've been, they've been, they're just, I'm not going to say just as, because obviously they're huge overseas um, in their, you know, their uh, home where they where they were made here it's foreign territory and it's it's a lot here i think the film i think godzilla minus one just grossed like 35 million dollars here it's huge for a godzilla movie from toho it's especially considering i think the last film that came out shin godzilla like i said 2016 that was i think that was the first time or one of the first times we had they they started showing Godzilla property like in theaters, and now with minus it one is being I mean Toho movies, you know, just wanted to clarify that that's all. There's two right totals. That's probably we have two Godzilla films. Hope that makes sense. Gotcha. <laughs> and she says gotcha like yeah yeah shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, it's it's kind of like Call of Duty how they have like the two different companies that take turns making the movies. I mean the games. You know what I mean? I was gonna say, like Call Andrew Duty probably, movies. Yeah, well, Andrew probably knows there, what I'm talking about. There, there's three companies, but yes, they <laughs> yeah. basically just alternate because to, to Call of Duty is too much of a juggernaut. But yeah, like one year one company will put it out, and the next year the next company will put it out. So mm. that's that's what it reminded me of. All right, got one more article for the week. This one's from the Wrap. Hellraiser director David Bruckner is set to write and direct a new remake of The Blob for Warner Brothers Discovery. I'm just going to call him Warner Brothers. I hate the Discovery name. So Warner Brothers is now on board with doing The Blob. I think Columbia did the uh, the last version back in 88. But this is exciting for me. I'm a big fo- I'm a big fan of both the 58 version and the 88 version. I like The Blob. Hell, I even like Return of the Blob from 72 with uh, Larry Hagman. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Hellraiser remake that came out last year on on Hulu. But that was the director, David Bruckner. So I guess this will be his follow-up. Going from one remake of a, of a big horror franchise to another. I did not see Hellraiser. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Hellraiser, and I'm sorry to our good friend Ian Paxton, who may or may not be listening to this, but I'm just not a big fan of Hellraiser, honestly, I, so I didn't see the remake, no. But um, I like the blob. I like the remake from 88. So uh, I have interest in it. You know, pique my interest, please, but uh, I do have interest in it at the very least, just hearing the news. Bruckner also did... Um... A severely underrated Netflix horror film called The Ritual. I don't know if you guys saw that. It came out about six or seven years ago. Mm-mm. And he also did um, the Amateur Night segment, which is like the most popular part of uh, the film VHS from 2012. But he's a hell of a filmmaker. He broke into the industry uh, with his film The Signal. That was about 18 years ago or so. But anyway, he was also attached to um, the last time, Friday the 13th, I think it was two, maybe three years ago, it got greenlit, and Bruckner was the director, signed on and everything, and then 
that's when we found out that the rights were held up because of the original writer Victor Miller taking the producer Seanus Cunningham to court and that court battle happened for so long and the entire time the rights were like pretty much in limbo like held up like no one could do anything with anything from the property and so the the, the movie was uh, canceled I think that was the, the, the film that was supposed to have snow for some reason fanboys have like the hard one for goddamn Jason walking around in snow it's like oh my god it's snow it's like just because you've never seen it before doesn't mean you have to see it there's a reason he hangs out at the camp. Summer. Anywho. Just are you a big fan of The Blob? No, I've never seen it. Ooh. So that's why I'm quiet. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, well, that's all the news I have for the week. If you want more news, come back next week. Let's uh get to some real talk, a.k.a. the topic of the week. I figured this week we would talk about the end of this quote-unquote comic book era. I know, Jocelyn, you're a big fan of the comic book films, especially Guardians. A lot of Marvel property you're a fan of. I know you and the kids love it. I, me, I, I kind of like just tuned out. I checked out after Endgame. Like, I was fine. Phase 3 or whatever it was, like, that, that whole saga, when that wrapped up, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Comic books in general, I feel, com- I mean, comic book movies, I feel like uh, right now, there's definitely a, a fatigue with the the, the general population uh, of moviegoers. Um, I don't know, I just, I, I just keep, I think this is, we have been slowly but surely witnessing the, the, the slow burn of a beginning of an end. I feel that like... Sense. Yeah, and, and and I mean, I I don't know, I guess I kind of agree, but I kind of feel like right now we're just in like this place of like a limbo where we don't really know what's going to happen, especially with, you know, DC getting handed over to James Gunn so recently. Um, you know, there's only been like one movie that's come out since, well, no, The Flash came out, but he didn't really have a hand in that. But uh, Blue Beetle came out, and I haven't actually sat down and watched it, but Greg and Gunnar watched it, and they actually said they really liked it a lot. And that says a lot, because Greg's been, you know, he's kind of, he's he's a real big DC fan, so he's really picky about his DC movies and comic book movies and stuff. But, um, but that's, I don't know, that's what I feel like. I feel like we're in this place of limbo right now. I feel like Marvel's going to take off more in, like, the Disney Plus uh atmosphere over like the big time movies that came out i feel like that is kind of like past us right now because we're never gonna have like you know endgame and infinity war i feel like we're never gonna have that that moment in the theater again you know that was so exciting for everybody to you're never ever gonna replicate that that was lightning in a bottle for sure yeah but I, I mean, I don't really know what to say because I, I just, I don't really, I can't even tell you right off the top of my head, like what movies I'm anticipating or, or movies that are even going to come out because I'm, I'm kind of like clueless right now. You know I what think, I mean? It's not yeah. like that. We don't have like that timeline that we used to have, right. you know, a couple years ago to look forward to all these movies coming out. It's kind of like, all right, well, what's next? You know? 
I think that we're going to see, we're going to continue to see this just downfall. But I feel later on this year, if the release date holds, or maybe it happens next year, but I definitely feel like Deadpool 3 is going to be that shot in the vein. It's going to kind of like jumpstart and reignite. Yeah, I am excited for that. Fandom. Yeah. Um, and that will only continue once Marvel actually does something with their newly recruited Fantastic Four and X-Men franchises. I don't see it. I, I, it'll be short-lived, though. I don't see it being anything prolonged. I think there's going to be, like, a lot of people coming out to see it and in, in, in drones the first weekend, maybe two. But I think what Marvel's doing is they're transitioning to, like you said, Disney+. Plus. I think they're... I think television is more in this um, saga's future. Like, I definitely don't see this this current saga, this multiverse saga, I think that's what they're calling it. There's definitely an end to it, because there's always going to be, you know, there's always a beginning, middle, and end. But it's... The end of this saga is going to be nothing like the end of the last one. There's not going to be that huge, you know, culmination moment that Endgame had. But there might be. There might be one, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee there will be, but it will be nothing like what we witnessed back in 2019. Avengers! Assemble. No! And who knows, maybe James Gunn will do something with the DC films, maybe with the Superman legacy that's coming out. Maybe that'll Yeah, I mean, that's something to look people. forward to, too. Yeah, I mean, I, they just started, um, you know, announcing, like, people that were going to be in it. Um, yeah. I know they just announced, like, Lex Luthor the other day and stuff, too. So it's exciting to get, like, you know, little pieces to the puzzle. But I feel like it's so far away. It's like you can't really get excited about it now because it's like, you know... You're just going to be yeah. waiting forever for it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, back to the topic at bay. I just definitely, you know, just think that this is uh, certainly the end of an era. You know, especially, you know, finance-wise. These, these movies are never going to gross anything close to what they, their their predecessors did. You know, the, 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 the days of... 100 to 200 million dollar opening weekends for these movies are long gone i think the last i think spider-man no way home was like the last of its kind yeah well and then you also have to like think about the dynamic of like the movies now like just streaming is just like the new way to go you know what i mean and i i feel like they probably just want to put more money into like these shows on disney plus because they know that People will sit at home and watch them, and they'll get views. You know. Yeah, but they're kinda... not, these these companies are stupid. Then they're not going to make nowhere near the money that they would be making if they release things theatrically and like. Actually right, but I don't think they're spending theaters. as much money with them being TV produced shows. And oh, they're definitely spending. You know? The budgets are definitely the the budgets aren't going down. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
and yeah, the best, the, the easiest way to make your money back is to release, obviously, theatrical because that'll, that's that's the biggest profit right there, because that's that you know, twenty dollar movie tickets and shit. So, but what do I know? I just talk about the shit in the form of a podcast. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, Andrew, you've been quiet, man. You still here? Well, I'm letting you guys talk. I didn't want to intervene. So, my whole thing with this is I was a diehard for Marvel all the way up until Endgame. And I think the problem that I have is, number one, I'm not going to watch these fucking television shows they release on Netflix as much as I probably should. I'm just not going to. I don't really like watching TV. I don't really like watching shows. Like, I still haven't seen the second half of Walking Dead. I've never, ever watched an episode of Game of Thrones like, I think I left off with Breaking Bad, and it's, as much as I put Breaking Bad over, I've never seen a single episode of Better Call Saul. Well, so, yeah, selling me weird. on a TV show, selling me on a TV show is just, at, at, at the, that, at this current time in my life is damn near impossible. So, even though I would really like to see, what was the show that Dick Van Dyke helped co-write, that first one they did? Fuck if I know. Jocelyn was like, well, one of the, what was one of the earlier shows they did? Um, it was like a sitcom in a way. But oh, really. the WandaVision. That's it. That's my favorite. That's my favorite thing that Disney Plus has ever put out. I've watched that like four times. Yeah. So I think it's amazing. <laughs> I feel like if that didn't hook, line, and sinker me, especially being a Dick Van Dyke fan that I am, like, I can't imagine me being into anything else that they're putting out. Especially, like, I would love to see Loki. Everybody always tells me about Loki, and I've never given it the time of day, and I don't think at this point in my life I'm going to. So, and not, I'm not saying that I won't down the road, down the line, maybe I'll pick everything back up or whatever have you, but for right now, I can't imagine myself getting into any of this. Um, as far as the movies go, I've seen Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, and then... What was the second one? Coming Home? Homecoming and then No Way Home. Right. There's three of them, though. No, no, it's Homecoming, Far From Home, and then No Way Home. I've seen Far From Home and No Way Home. There was the two after um, uh, Endgame. So I've seen them both, but that's only because I'm a huge diehard Spider-Man fan. Like, it's nothing to me to go to a movie theater and see a Spider-Man movie. You don't have to sell that to me. I'm already there. Um... But nothing else has piqued my interest at all. Like it, and as bad as it is to say, like I really wanted to see Guardians of the Galaxy, and I just never did. And I don't know if it's because I don't want to see it, or rather, I don't want anything else spoiled in the event that I do decide to catch up on all this. I, I'm not really sure, but it, I just haven't had that that attraction to the theater to go out and see any of these movies. And by the time they come home, it's one of those, yeah, I'll get around to seeing it, but let's be real, I'm not going to sit down and watch it anytime soon. So, I feel like, to your credit, I think you said earlier, Jocelyn, that streaming is really starting to, you know, be their bread and butter, but unfortunately, streaming is not for me, in particular. I'm not going to sit at home and watch this. I would rather right. do other things at home. Um... So I've just been stagnant on the entire franchise since, which is crazy because I'm a I'm a diehard fan. You know, I went and saw all these goddamn movies in the theaters like pretty much opening weekend. Um, 
you know, I'll never forget Endgame. I, I always talk about how it is my favorite movie theater experience I've, I've ever held and will probably ever hold. I can't imagine anything else coming even anywhere relevantly close to it. Um, but I, it's just, I'm not, I haven't been sold and maybe it's because it's a different part of my life. Maybe it's because I don't want to watch streaming things. I, I'm not really 125% sure, but I've just not had really any interest. But I can imagine to the modern day, to the people that love this Netflix stuff and love streaming stuff, I, I can only imagine this is at least bringing in new eyes to the product. I can imagine that, you know, maybe I'm not here, but there for for every me, there's at least five or six others that allocate themselves to the television to actually witness this. Or at least that's what I like to think. I've never actually checked the numbers um, I'm sure the numbers are overblown because it's streaming. You know what I mean? You could fall asleep on episode one and watch the entire season while you're asleep. And, you know, they'll obviously add that to the right. statistics. So, you know, that's not exactly as cut and dry as buying a movie ticket and going to the movie theater. But <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's this. It's a different type of world, and it's they're trying to sell it to a different type of world. And I'm not complaining. It's just not for me. I haven't been there for the ride so far. Um, and the the Marvel films that I have seen are, in my personal opinion, very rough. Um, they're nowhere near as good as they used to be. Uh, they, you know, especially, and I, I said it at, I think, last viewer crash, like, Ant-Man, that should have, I should have been... That was terrible, yeah. I, sh I should have, <laughs> I, I was literally that target audience. And I looked at that film and I was like, I want to fucking tear my eyeballs out. So, it, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not sold on it. So, like you said, you know, Deadpool is probably that dead ringer where I'm gonna I'm gonna come up out of my grave and fucking watch this film. As far as like my my love for uh, comic book films go, but even Deadpool, like even though I see all these screenshots and and everyone's hyping it up. I'm not excited for it. I gotta be honest with you. I'm just not excited for it. I'm gonna see it. I'm sure. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But I'm just, I'm just not excited for it. And and I don't think it's because it's. I'm not a fan of Deadpool because I am. I just feel like I'm not here with this franchise. You know what I mean? As of mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So I feel like if I go and see Deadpool three, it's like, oh, look at all this shit that we've done so far. And we've added Deadpool in it, and we've added Wolverine in it. And it's like, but I haven't been here since 2018. Right. It's 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 like that feeling of it's never gonna be feel the same. You know, you're never gonna feel that high of for like you End Games for you, but Infinity War is that for me. You know what I mean? I came well, out of that theater and I was just like, what the fuck? Like. <laughs> Well, I, I agree with that. Infinity War is definitely the much better film. I'll take that film over Endgame any day. But, like, being in that theater, no spoilers, but during that entire end fight scene, like, right. I'll Just never the reactions forget being from so the crowd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I literally yeah. felt like I was jumping out of my skin, and I, I can't imagine this franchise doing that for me again. Goosebumps. So. Yeah, I get it. But as far as DC films go, I speak upon Marvel because I'm a Marvel fan. I'm not like a huge DC guy. Oh, offense, Craig. But <laughs> I, I, it, I'm just uh, DC, and I've I've said it for years now. It's just been like a train wreck that we all continue to witness. 
So, uh, whatever the hell they're doing with it, best wishes, you know what I mean? I'm not a DC fan, though, so maybe I'm wrong for saying that. Maybe these films are really fucking good if you're a DC fan. And I kind of hope that they are. If you are a huge DC fan, I would have to hope that you're enthralled by these experiences. But I can't really speak upon the matter. The only DC, you know, comic book that I've ever really been, in, you know, indulged in is Batman. Uh, and they haven't really done wrong, so, but it's kind of hard to fuck a Batman experience up, so. <laughs> I also like Batman vs. Superman, so to everybody that's sitting there thinking to themselves, like, oh, Batman vs. Superman, I like that movie. No, I <laughs> so. liked it too, yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, I think that'll be that for the topic of the week. In the meantime, let's move on to the coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. Let's talk about Abigail. You all came highly recommended. You know the rules. No real names, no backstories. No cell phones. So whose kid is she? A very wealthy man who's about to be $50 million poorer. I'm here to make sure you're safe. What's your name? Mine's Abigail. You can call me Joey. Do you have any kids? I have a little boy. See you in 24 hours. Do you know what a pinky promise is? If you behave and do as we say, Pinky promise you. It'll all be over soon. Joey? Yeah? I'm sorry about what's gonna happen to you. What the fuck? Shit, we gotta get out of here. I think she knows something. Guys? We kidnapped a fucking vampire. A ballerina vampire. Okay, how do we kill a vampire? What are we talking about? Like an Anne Rice or a True Blood? You know, Twilight? Stake through the heart. Daylight is a big one. All right, let's go kill us a fucking vampire. Ready? So we got the new project from Radio Silence, Abigail, which was previously referred to as Dracula's daughter. 
So it was kind of the worst kept secret. Six, seven months ago, I caught wind that that Radio Silence was doing a Universal Monster movie of some sort. And some people were th thinking that they were doing Blood of Frankenstein. Some people were thinking that they were doing The Creature from the Black Lagoon. But I also heard from numerous sources that what they ended up doing or signing on to do was something Dracula related. And I really didn't think anything else of it for a little while because, I mean, let's just be real. Vampire movies, anything can be classified as Dracula. Because there's so many vampire movies out there in the world. I mean, we just had one last summer, of the, the Last Voyage of the Demeter, which I was a big fan of. I, I had a lot of fun seeing it in, in the theater last summer. But, point is, they're all over. There's a lot of them. So it was kind of like, oh, another one, yay. But, again, it's still, it's radio silence, and I am really like the last two Scream movies. Jocelyn, you and I have talked about Ready or Not. <laughs> Depending on the day, I sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I love that movie so much. <laughs> so, April 19th is the release date, and man, this trailer... I didn't know that this was going to be this kind of movie. I was getting party vibes watching this. Like, you got, like, this big, these b band of thieves that just have to babysit this innocent girl. Well, well they thought it was a, a girl. Ballerina from hell. Excuse me. Love the cast. Dan Stevens. Love that guy. The more work he gets, the happier I am. Giancarlo Esposito. Kevin Durant, who played the blob. In Kevin Durant? Yeah. Like the Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant. D-U-R-A-N-D. Oh my god. I'm, never mind. Okay. I thought you said Kevin Durant. I'm going like to go out on a wild limb here. I, and, and I'm going to say <laughs> either the two of you didn't watch this trailer or the two of you could give two shits about this movie. Oh, I watched no, it. No, I watched yeah. it. I, I think it looks... Yeah, I mean, I think it looks interesting. That's why I said the swan song. Little girl just, you know, kill the fuck out of people because she's a vampire. Yeah. I dig it, the I concept. Cool. Uh, I, I dig the uh, the dark vampire vibes. Love this cast. And it, it had some stuff, there's some moments in the trailer that had me chuckling. Especially stuff that Dan Stevens says. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, kind of forgot that it's already coming out in, what, three months? Yes. The trailer looked unique. I really like when they shot her in the head and she wiped the the gunshot wound away. Um, they actually. I'm not. They had a couple spoiler shots that I was kind of like, oh man, I wish I didn't see that. Kind of revealing the fate of a couple, fates of a couple of characters. But it, I mean, ready or not, was a twist though, so you never yeah. know. Oh, I didn't. Even, I forgot to mention that Catherine Newton's going to be in this, so it's it's kind of refreshing seeing her in like a horror film that's not teen based. I feel like all the horror stuff that she's been in is kind of is kind of like caters to like the teens and stuff, like freaky, kind of like a Happy Death Day type. Even though she's not in either of those movies, but what do I know? I didn't even realize that was Dan Stevens until you just said that. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, because yep. he's wearing glasses, wearing glasses in the trailer, isn't he? And, uh, got his hair slicked back. Oh, there it is. I got it. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Durant though, but um. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was Dan Stevens. I, like, did not even recognize him. I mean, I think it looks fun. I mean, it's definitely going to be, you know, gory and stuff. But 
I kind of feel like it might be like a fun movie to watch with my kid because she's starting to get into. Oh yeah, I would definitely you know. say it's Water Pirelli. Yeah, because she watched um, Megan. I let her watch Megan. Mm. Um, a couple of my other friends' kids let them let them watch it and stuff, and she actually liked it. She was like, "That wasn't scary no. at all." By the end of it, so <laughs> so this might be something fun that me and her can watch together. I don't I don't think that Greg's gonna get be interested at all. So. <laughs> We'll see. I like I said, it's it's it has all the potential. It's got a nice cast and, and and it looks interesting. Let's just say that interesting. And I will be there, but in seats come April. Checking this out because uh, always support the horror. Anywho, all right. Before we get out of here, we got one more category to break down. Let's. Divvy out our weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? I'm going to go last. I'm going to let you two go first. You all flip a coin, so you wants to go first. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to go have a real quick smoke. So, whoever wants to go first, go. Go ahead, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> all right, fine. My <laughs> weekly to recommend recommendation this week is Get to Know Your Rabbit. It's a 1972 American comedy film that features a bunch of people that I don't know, but it's directed by Brian De Palma, and it features a, a tap-dancing musician uh, who is under the tutelage of Mr. D'Alessandro. But of course, I've never seen this fucking movie. But my <laughs> God. I, Go Brian, De pa- Brian De Palma must have been digging deep, uh, but this is way back when he first started, I would assume. It was like 1972, I think. You know, Carrie was his first breakout film. It was like in 77 or 78 or something like that. Um, but I digress. Uh, my my recommendation of the week is The Iron Claw. So The Iron Claw is a film that came out around Christmas time. Uh, it features the unfortunate true story of the Von Erich family, um, who is a wrestling lineage of who should have been some of the better wrestlers of their time but were unfortunately taken from this world due to circumstances that I don't want to spoil because, you know, you should go and see the movie. But the performances by um, Zac Efron, I mean, he absolutely stole the show. I've never seen High School Musical. I don't really know anything about Zac Efron's career, but, you know. Oh, he's a great actor. I was going to say, for an introduction, it, was, it he, he blew me the hell away. He really did. Um he plays as Kevin Von Erich, who is the main character of the role, or the main character of the film. Um, but he he looks. I don't know how fit Zac Efron is as a human being. I don't know if he looks very. That, uh, he, no, he, he is. <laughs> he is jacked in this film. I mean, he yeah. looks like a legit professional wrestler. Like you believed it to a T. Uh, so I was absolutely amazed by that. Jeremy Allen White. Um, I've never seen The Bear, although I've heard nothing but good things. I've also, unfortunately, never seen Shameless again, although I've never I've heard nothing but good things. But Jeremy Allen White was magnificent as Carrie in this film. The only problem that I really had, I guess, is Jeremy Allen White is a big guy, but he is not as big as Carrie Von Erich is supposed to be. Um, but I think. I don't think he stole the role, but Holt McCallany, McCallany, I think is is how you pronounce his last name, as Fritz von Erich was absolutely magnificent. 
um, you know, curmudgeon old man who is trying to continue to steer his wrestling association, world-class wrestling, in the right direction, but unfortunately, due to the times of wrestling, um, at that day and age, it was kind of hard to keep up with. But even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's just one of those, it's one of those films that's really, it's a bitter, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's very emotional. Uh, it's definitely not a Christmas film by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's, if you know, you know, if you don't, I implore you to watch the film because it's just one of those stories that absolutely like shocks you in a way that you you don't see it coming through every twist and turn, obviously, unless you know the story. But I'll be damned if they didn't do the Von Erich family some justice with this film. So I, as a diehard wrestling fan, I truly appreciated it. But more surprisingly, a lot of the film critics that I really love and watch a lot of on YouTube actually gave this film, like, top three of the year in their top ten films of the year list, so... You know, if that if that means anything to anybody, hey, go on and watch it. But man, it's 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 a hard pill to swallow. But my God, is it a fantastic story? Now, I'm not a big wrestling fan at all. I mean, like, would I enjoy it? Uh, do you like character? I, do you like character driven stuff? I think you would. It's just again. If you don't know the story, I don't recommend reading up on it. I just recommend going and seeing the film and seeing where your emotions take you. I've seen the Andy Kaufman documentary like 20 times, so... <laughs> oh, fantastic movie. Man on the Moon is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Well, no, I... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a huge Andy Kaufman. Like, he's... If I could go back in time and meet anybody, it would be Andy Kaufman. He's, like, one of my all-time, like favorite celebrities ever and, and he he treated pro wrestling like with such expertise and love and passion so that's what i love about man on the moon it's 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 a really good interpretation of the story mm -hmm. i am going to actually uh, you and i talked about this on our um nightmare for christmas episode but my weekly recommendation is going to be the 25 year old 1999 movie sleepy hollow oh yes yeah, I watched this the other day while I was working, and like I, I just forgot how good it was. It honestly shocked me that it was rated R because I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I, I thought it was PG thirteen. So Nola asked if she could watch it with me, and it's then I was dark like, in the, "Towards the third act." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Um, yeah, no, maybe like two more years you can watch this with me." Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like the. Christopher Walken, Christina Ricci, Johnny Depp. Um, I even forgot that Professor Dumbledore was in that movie too. Yeah. I, you know, it has a lot of people in the movie that you just, I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about them because it's, you know, probably been like 25 years since I've seen this damn movie. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but if you don't know, it's uh, obviously it's about the Headless Horseman um, and. Uh, Johnny Depp is Ichabod Crane and he comes, you know, to try to figure out all of these mysteries around people losing their heads in this town of Sleepy Hollow. Um, and Christopher Walken with his crazy ass teeth in that movie. Like, I forgot <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Like, seeing that movie, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's... It, it, it's just the path they wanted to go down with that. But um, 
yeah, it's a good movie. It was it was fun to watch. It kind of you know brought back my you know Tim Burton days of watching all his movies and stuff like that. And I think that the the characters did a great job in that movie. And it's just like the dark and like dreariness of that movie and everything. There's a lot of like black and white in that movie, and then the blood is like you know like that that prominent color that like stands out when you know all the stuff happens and everything so i think it's shot very well and it's just a movie that um i haven't seen in a long time and i'm glad that i i we had talked about it and i rewatched it so if you haven't seen sleepy hollow go check it out it's funny because like i'm not a big tim burton fan and i get a lot of shit for that oh god I've got, <laughs> i get a lot of shit for that and i can totally see why but I'm just not like a big, I guess, gothic type in a way. Uh, but Sleepy Hollow really wowed me. I really like that movie a lot. Uh, I like that movie. I like Big Fish. I like um, Pee Wee's. And I like um, Beetlejuice. But outside of that, well, Ed Wood. But outside of that, I probably just listed all the all the films that I, I, that I enjoy by him. But my God, Sleepy Hollow is really fucking good. So I, I'm, I'm glad you picked that. Alright, well, I'm going to go with 1973's Badlands from Terrence Malick. The very first feature film from Terrence Malick, written, directed, and produced by the man, starring Martin Sheen, Sissy Spacek, and the man himself, Warren Oates. I saw this film for the first time uh, a couple months back. Uh, This is actually handed down from Sean, his collection. Uh, To be quite honest with you, I had never heard of the movie, and... He had a copy of it when, uh, from the Criterion Collection, to my surprise. And, yeah, I, I, I just, like I said, I didn't even know that it was Malick's first film um, until I read the back of the box. And it's just one of those old-fashioned, you know, put the movie in for the first time and see where it takes you. And, man, this movie wowed me. Uh, beautiful cinematography by uh, Tak Fujimoto, who did a lot of um, other stuff. That uh, what, what film was it that we talked about that he shot? Uh, I talked about his career more in detail. Uh, that Thing You Do. Yeah, Tom Hanks uh, gathered him for uh, his DP for that film. But yeah, uh, the, the scenery is breathtaking. The, the music is... God, tell you something. Hans Zimmer's You're So Cool score the main theme from True Romance with the steel drums and everything sounds familiar that's because it was taken from this movie the exact same song borrowed from this film this is where it originated and just I've always loved that 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 piece and it just it was music to my ears literally when I heard it watching this film a couple months back um Oh, what can I say about this movie? Uh, oh, what it's loosely about. Maybe you're curious. So young Martin Sheen is kind of like this uh, this this punk degenerate of town uh, who just kind of runs into Sissy, Sissy Spacek's character who's the, this, this shy teenage girl whose father, played by Warren Oates, is really overprotective. It's just him and her who live together. And Martin Sheen just comes in and just, uh, he's very, high, thinks very highly of himself. He's very confident and he just, you know, starts just sweet talks her one day and they become an item. 
and then things turn violent and it's it's one of the earlier stories of um, a young couple on the run and uh you know, the the places they go the things they do during their third journey it, it's just uh just really really sweet movie um I remember just sitting there and just watching it for the entire hour and a half. It's not, it's not a very long movie. When you think Terrence Malick, you think like, oh man, it's like a three-hour movie. Nah, nah, nah. He hadn't, he hadn't gotten to that point yet of making films that were like three hours to four hours long in length. Not not, not yet. This is a brisk 90 minutes long. Real easy. And um, yeah, just sit back and just watch the film and just, let it take you somewhere. It's it's just one of those kind of movies, you know. So, can't recommend it enough. I wanted to recommend this. Kind of, it's, it's funny because after we after I got done watching this, we were still on hiatus, fewer cast, and it's like I I, I kind of like sat there and I was just like, I want to bring back fewer cast for a week just so I can talk about this movie. Like I was so like captivated that much, but uh. Here we are now, and I haven't forgotten about the movie two months later, so Badlands from 1973, Terrence Malick, like I said, his first movie, with Martin Sheen, Sissy Spacek, and the legendary Warren Oates. Alright, sadly, that's going to be it for this week's get-together, but before we depart, I do want to remind our listeners about our never-ending content, a film effect content that can be discovered over at the archive, which can be found on our website, thefilmeffectpodcast.com, as well as all major podcast platforms. You can find us online, primarily at Film Effect Pod on Twitter, and the Film Effect Podcast everywhere else. Positive reviews and five-star ratings really do go a long way. And you can help us tremendously by following suit and leaving us a said five-star rating or positive review over on Apple or Spotify. Really helps the show going. Helps us conquer that big bad algorithm. And over on our main show, The Film Effect, Justin and I kicked off 2024 by giving the vastly underrated Surviving the Game from 1994 our signature Film Effect treatment. And next week... We're finally given one of my personal favorites, the fan favorite, Child's Play 2, the very same breakdown as we always give our favorite films. But before we scram, I did want to say thank you very much to my co-hosts for all they do and to all of our listeners for staying true. Until next week, I'm Ed. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Andrew. And that's all, folks. Show's over. Fewer cast out. Tell them, Sean. All right, gang. We're going to see you all again next time when those theater lights go dim and the opening credits begin to roll. Thank you. Thank you, bye.